the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is All right, Talk. let's go down to earth now. As we alluded to earlier, this week's uh, topic is in relation to fossil fuel expo- exploration. Now, Leo Vradker, you'd think, would be in the good books because when he went to have his slot at the UN Climate Summit in New York a few weeks ago, he solemnly announced as a kind of big headline, Ireland will no longer explore for more oil off our shores. Um but that he would continue with gas exploration. This announcement, along with several other announcements from the government about gas recently, was a key focus of the Extinction Rebellion protest last week and was part of the heated debate in the Mansion House last night, hosted by Stop Climate Chaos, called the Great Gas Debate. Well, as always, Cara Gustenberg is here to update me on it. So what was this great gas debate? Well, there's been so much going on around the topic of gas and, and right now it makes up 51% of our of our energy requirements actually come from gas and, and so it's clear that we do need it but it's still a fossil fuel and we know we need to get off fossil fuels completely. So there's this conflict right now between knowing if we're serious about climate change we've got to stop burning fossil fuels and yet the, the gas sector and, and people saying oh but we still need gas and it's not quite as bad as the other fossil fuels. So this debate uh, last night at the Mansion House was hosted by Stop Climate Chaos, uh, moderated by Philip Boucher-Hayes, and and took a a representative from Petrol Resources and from Carbon Tracker based in the UK and really fleshed out these issues. Okay, what did you learn? Well, uh, interesting live stream debate. You can watch it on the the Facebook page of Stop Climate Chaos. And uh, not surprisingly, of course, we know where the gas sector stands. They want to keep their sector going. Uh, They like to say that when the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining, we'll always need gas. But of course, if if you're serious about climate change, you know we have to get off of fossil fuels and, and we have to get to zero but, but, emissions. But, but, but hold up there a minute. Now, I mean, Professor John Fitzgerald was in this very studio. Mm. He, the chairperson of the government's climate change, yeah. and he wants to get rid of cows and bullocks and he wants <laughs> to get rid of all sorts of diesel vehicles and he's right up there with yeah. the angels on this. <laughs> and he says that we need a 30% supply of gas as part of our mix of environmental action. Yeah, it's it's really one interesting. One of your own. I know, I and I have a lot of respect for the people on the Climate Advisory Council, one of which is my amazing boss, Peter Clinch, but actually I disagree with them on this analysis. So they advised the government that we could continue to burn gas. That is based on the assumption that we use something called carbon capture and storage to sequester the carbon emissions from that gas in order to protect us from climate change, an untested, potentially very expensive technology. And it's also on the basis that we use something called biogas to co-fire with the fossil fuel gas to bring the emissions down. Now, biogas sounds great. It could deal with our slurry issue. You you mix it with grass. But you see, a lot of people have heating in their home and it's very convenient to yes. have the gas thing. You get instant hot water. You can get proper cooking. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's convenient, and, yeah, the old and, gas, and, and it's natural gas, and it's probably good well, value. Well, it's, na- it's, 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 as, natural as, it's it. as natural as coal and every other fossil fuel when you say natural gas, and, and that's been an amazing no tactic. There's smoke out of it. But, well, there is methane, and this is the interesting thing. So methane is 35 times more potent as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, and we know now that a lot of this methane gas leaks and contributes even worse to climate change than we than we last expected. But you are right, Ivan. 
we are going to need gas for the next 10 to 15 years. And no one is saying, you know, shut the gas taps off tomorrow. However, we don't need to go looking for more. We have enough to get us through the next 10 to 15 years. And we need to be looking at how we get off of gas. Okay. well, now, the other point I want to make to you about all this oil and gas exploration is... When Gavin and all Vincent Wall come in to me and say, oh, this uh, exploration company have announced a big find and a big boost in their shares, I say, you know what? There's very little oil out there. Exactly. They're all the money they put into exploration. It hasn't actually... And all the trouble we had with Corrib, the point I'm trying to make is... It's not as if we've got North Sea oil. So what is the level of exploration well, at the moment? Because you referred earlier to 2011 and a licensing regime. How extensive is our oil exploration industry? Yeah, well, for once we, we agree. I mean, we have since 1962, we, we've drilled 160 wells in Ireland and only two commercial discoveries have been found. And actually, most exploration companies, pretty much all of them, they're looking for oil. That's where the money is. And if they don't find oil, they'll settle for gas. But they're hard going to go out looking for gas on its own because that's not really the, the money maker for them. Now, conveniently, when Leo Varadka announced that he was ending offshore oil exploration, he mentioned that it was only an 80% of our seas and that actually excludes uh, the Irish Sea and the Celtic Sea where... And might there be oil where, there? Well, I'd love there, if we found a gusher. I suppose there you know. might be, but the, the irony is, of course, that's where Providence Resources and other companies are currently exploring. So, so it's not excluded. the Atlantic, it's, it's, the, it's the East it's Coast the Irish of Ireland. Sea, okay. And that's been excluded from this ban on oil exploration. So this is why I feel oh, that the announcement was, a bit was sneaky, quite disingenuous. That it was only certain waters yes. he did it for where there is no oil. Yes. Okay. Now, the other big thing that my friend Mandy Johnson stopped me in the street and said, you know, all these eco-warriors and these climate <laughs> uh, huggers and all this kind of climate thing. Huggers. He said, he said, he, she said to me, I represent the oil and gas exploration industry. And if the government was to cease forth with oil exploration, they were given under the regulatory authority, these licenses to explore. They would sue the taxpayer for $600 million because in good faith they invested yeah. this money in exploration. Mm-hmm. So surely this is something we can only do on a future basis. Yes. Those who have been validly given licenses, we mm-hmm. can't take Absolutely. them back. Absolutely. Do you and accept that? I do, and this is what amendments are for in legislation. And of course, we had the Climate Emergency Measures Bill that Breed Smith put forward that was supported by a majority of the JAL, and that was an issue that could have been dealt with with an amendment so we could have grandfathered, grandfathered in existing licenses. But of course, the government wouldn't let it get to amendment stage because they use the money message to block it. So, you know, I'm all for debate and amendments. And But you accept that democracy. those who have been legitimately given licenses are entitled to, you know, invest money on that basis and... Uh, you know, they, they, they're done it all in good faith. Yeah. And that the regulator can't say, sorry, we never meant to give you that. Unfortunately, and that's why it's it's crazy that even as early as uh, May and June of last year, the government was still issuing licenses because they would have known that this was a risk and they would have known that we've agreed to the Paris Agreement, yet they continue to issue these licenses and, and ignore that risk. Now, in terms of uh, the alternatives, yes. like you, you are kind of dismissing the fact that in terms of your renewables, one, in the summertime, there might only be a breeze. There's no wind to power the turbines. But there would be in sunshine. The, in the winter, <laughs> in the winter, 
you know what? It gets cloudy and dark early. There might be nothing to Absolutely. power up those panels mm-hmm. you have on your roof. So what do you do? What do you favour? Nuclear power or what? Well, for the balance? Yeah, so there's a lot of options. And this is my frustration with saying we're going to keep investing in gas infrastructure and carbon capture and storage and everything because it's still a fossil gas. So it does deal with that intermittency of renewable energy. With what? Well, so if we have wind and solar and the wind isn't blowing and the yeah, sun isn't yeah. shining, right now we're using gas to, to so, deal no, with energy. So what's your alternative? So there are a lot of alternatives. And you mentioned nuclear. I mean, we know that, that nuclear works and it's low carbon. And so that is an option in other countries where they haven't banned it. But there are other options around battery technology, storage, hydro pump storage like Turlock Reservoir. So we could have lots more Turlock uh, pump storage facilities, uh, electrofuels. So rather than investing in, in trying to research carbon capture and storage, why aren't we investing in research on electrofuels, which are zero carbon, but there are lots of other options. And the point being, they're all really zero carbon. And this idea of gas is not zero carbon. Right. Now, I've also noticed in dispatches, there's a big row over this Shannon LNG terminal yeah. and something to do with fracking. I thought we didn't do fracking exactly. in this country. What's this yeah. about? And this is, this, I actually don't understand This it. is where the t- talking outside of both sides of their mouth is really becoming apparent because we banned... Well, we all do that. We banned fracking... I try not to. <laughs> we banned fracking two years ago in Ireland and, and yet we feel this need to, to bring in more gas and protect ourselves from big bad Putin, even though we don't get any gas from Putin, really. We get it mostly from So what is Scotland happening in Norway. China? So what's happening now is the government wants to get gas from the U.S. because uh, there is all this extra gas in the U.S. now due to the, the fracking boom that's going on. So it's fracked gas. And and the U.S. want to sell this uh, to other countries now because they have more than they it's need. It's in liquid form. So, the so idea it comes is in they, in containers, big boats. They compress it and they're able to transport it and comes in on big boats. And, and now our government wants to build a terminal on the Shannon, Shannon Estuary and This is a brand new one, is yeah, it? Yeah, brand new terminal to allow this U.S. Right. fracked gas. What's uh, well, they've just approved that they've said that they're endorsing this But you're idea. against this too? Well, I do think it's a little hypocritical, Ivan, that we've banned fracking in Ireland, yet we're more than happy to take frack gas from the U.S. And actually, there was a debate in the Dáil last week where a professor from Cornell came over and said that this frack gas in the U.S. is even dirtier than coal. It's dramatically contributing to their emissions, and bringing it over and transporting it to Ireland will add even more emissions, and really we shouldn't be bringing it in. Right. And so... so is it, but surely if it's given approval, how will you stop it? You won't, which is why we're trying to stop it. From, when will it be built? Sorry, it hasn't been officially approved, but the government supports the idea of building it. So, right. so uh, yeah, there are a lot of people protesting against this. Okay. And, and finally, to... what's carbon capture? What's that about? It's the idea of taking the emissions that come from something like gas and pumping it into places like Kinsale Head, uh, the old, you know, where, where it can actually be trapped and sequestered. And the idea is, is good. We need to do this to address all the extra emissions. However, we probably shouldn't be doing it to keep a fossil industry going. And if people want to to access the great gas debate what was the website uh, stop for? climate chaos facebook group uh, facebook page and it is up 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 at the top of their feed right now as the video and it's well worth a watch it's, it was a really good debate okay well, there you have it. Uh, our own Cara Augustenberg not agreeing with Professor John Fitzgerald in relation to gas. Uh, not such great gas. And if you want to access that gas debate, you can get both sides of the story uh, online. Now, my thanks, as always, to Dr. Cara Augustenberg for that down-to-earth episode. Up next, on the couch, we're going to find out about another carbon footprint that's smoking and the damage it does to your lungs. Thank you.